young. I am. And I am a young black. A young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. Thank you for listening to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today, we're talking to Randy Savvy, who is the managing member of the Compton Cowboys. Today, he talks to us about the history of the group, the history of the land that they're on, as well as their vision for the future for their nonprofit organization, Compton Junior Equestrians. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our podcast on all podcast listening platforms, and don't forget to leave us a review. Enjoy, guys. How y'all doing? What's going on? How we doing good? (laughs) Yes, yes, we're good. We're happy that we finally got a chance to talk to you. Heck yeah, I know it's been a minute. Uh, we've been trying to get linked up, uh, and I appreciate y'all being patient with me. And uh, I'm just happy to link up with other folks in the same, in the, in, you know, in the culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So tell us, you know, where you're from, what you do, all that stuff, sort of stuff. Yes, I am Randy Savvy. I am the managing member of Compton Cowboys and the executive director of our nonprofit organization, the Compton Junior Equestrians, um, which has been a 30-year kind of family mission here in the community of Compton. Uh, And I'm super proud and excited about the future of it. I'm, I'm, I'm running things now and just bring it into the, the new era, you know, uh, kind of just showing the world what we're doing down here and making it cool, making it fun, showing the kids that it's a different lifestyle and so it's opportunities in this, you know? Yep. Well, that's awesome. I mean, we already know, you know, a lot about the Compton Cowboys, so it's nice to be able to. Yeah, nice, nice. Oh, no, there we go. So how did you get into horses in the first place? I was born into it. My family, um, my auntie, my, my aunt and my dad both were really into horses when they were younger. My uh, my my grandfather, who's their dad, used to watch a lot of westerns when they were little, and mm-hmm. so they used to just be super into horses and stuff just from being just from being on watching them on TV. And then some, there was a family in their in the community where my aunt, where, where they grew up at over in Harbor City, which is not too far from Compton, probably, literally probably like five, ten minutes from here. Um, <clears throat> that had that, there was a family that had some horses, and my aunt used to always be over there, kind of interacting with them. And she just loved the whole i the whole idea and the, of horses and the animals and the whole situation. She just loved it. So, um, when she got grown and started working and and um in real estate, she found this neighborhood in Compton called the Richland Farms, which is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, she just stumbled across it just from work, and she it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a farm town right here in Compton that she never knew about. And she was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, you know, I could live in the city and there's horse people over here and there's property over here. So I definitely, she was like, man, I'm moving here. So she did that, moved over here. And then that's what kind of got it started. 
Um, she just moved over here. And then uh, a couple of years later, my dad moved down here too. And then we moved my grandma down here. So now we have three properties back to back. And we just have a whole ranch with all our horses. I'm actually, I'm actually, I don't know, how can I, I don't know if this thing will let me, oh, I'm actually at the so ranch. So pretty outside. <laughs> I know, it looks so nice. I'm here right now, uh, like I'm always here. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she moved here and now we just, that's how, that's how I got started. That was in 80, that was in mid 80s. I was born in 1990, so by the time I was born, my aunt already had, my, my dad and my auntie already had horses and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I always wondered, like, what y'all setup was like. Like, if you actually had land, or if it was kind of like, you know, stalls and hay situation. Oh yeah, no, it's actual. What it is is <clears throat> the Richland Farms. This town in Compton is actually the very first original town. Like the 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 founder of Compton was a, a agriculture a agriculturalist. Like he was a farmer, mm -hmm. and so this is where he started Compton here in the farms, and he started it here because of how rich the soil was and mm -hmm. where located as far as like all the all the like trains and commerce and stuff it was just a great place to like that's why Compton is called the hub state um because mm -hmm. it is like in the center of all where all like the, it's like dead in the middle of the county and then it's also the center of where all the freeways kind of collide so mm -hmm. it's a really like it's a really hot spot to live and uh so the settler the founder of G, uh, gd compton griffith dylan compton he started here and so as the city grew out actually just grew around the farms but he loved the farm so much because like as the city builds up uh this the, the farms has to remain the farms forever so he actually wrote right. that into the deed and so now here in 2020 we still got farm properties and stuff so each each of the homes actually has a bigger lot each most on average most of the homes have about a half acre mm -hmm. Our, all, each of the homes are on about a half acre. So we have three consecutive ones and then some additional space in the back. So we're on about two acres right here mm -hmm. to, in total. So we have two acres and <clears throat> we have about, I think right now we have 11 plus three plus two, 17. And the, on the compound, we have 17 horses. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, plenty of space. You see, we've got the whole arena. we got a round pen. we got all the, plenty of stalls. we got a whole hay barn full of hay. Uh, parking ports for trucks and trailers and everything. Yeah, and this is like the backyard, like see. So I was just showing y'all the uh, the um, the ranch. So that's this is like in the back, right? Mm -hmm. And then where I'm parked, that see, look, that's the house right there. Okay. So I'm in the backyard of my of my house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's out to the street, the driveway. I was actually just about to back out of this driveway onto the street to go where I was going. Then I, my my alarm went off. Like, oh shit, I gotta. Call the homies. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, I'm so, glad yeah. you are organized and set alarms and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm trying. You know, being organized is so important. That's how you make everything happen. That's how we able to keep business flowing and keep these horses fed, keep these kids coming. It's just working, being organized, and having business. You know, going on. Yeah. How many kids come out on? Um. We, well, we, what we do is we 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 uh we have kids come in, in in like in alignment with the school semester so we do like a spring semester and a fall semester and then we do summer camp and then we have winter break um on the in the semester in the semester the school year we our after school program we usually take about a dozen to 15 kids at a time um we don't we don't run up big numbers because it's all about you know being hyper focused on these kids that we got we serve and you know teaching them from very from scratch you know how you know all the stuff that comes with learning how to deal with these horses 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, have, you can't, we can't have a whole backyard full of 50, 75 kids back here. You know what I'm saying? It'll just be chaos. So we right. bring in, we usually at least, we, we'll never bring more kids back here than there are horses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. want to at least be able to, that ratio would, would max out one to one on the, on the kids and horses side. So bringing in about 12 to 15 per semester in the summer camp, we do big, we do bigger groups. Like the summer camp kids might be like, just because camp is a little more different. It's not all about just riding. It's just all about the activities, the, the work, the fun, the arts and craft. Yeah. So we might be like, you know, 20, 30. But um, yeah, you know, little groups, little little batches of kids. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. So what would you say? I said, but they have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. They love it. They, yeah, they love it. They, it's crazy because, you know, these kids around here, they don't see nothing like this ever. And anywhere that the closest place to even see something like this was like miles and miles out. And, you know, when you grew up in the hood, like, especially when you're in an underserved kind of community or, you know, low income, um, you don't really travel that far outside of your immediate environment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Probably like they say, they say, I think statistics show like most people growing up in low income communities, really their, their world is basically like a five mile radius from where they live. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, they don't really get that exposure. So coming back here, looks and it looks and feels like it's worlds away when it's right around the corner from their house and they seeing all these horses we got cows and i mean it's just like they feel like they in the magical land like they really feel like they in like a, a cartoon movie or disneyland or something like that they just be so you could just see that they just so escaped from their regular life you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they don't even be caring about nothing else they just want to be back here and then when it's time to go they hate leaving and when it's time to come they're showing up early mm-hmm. and <laughs> um you know yeah they have a great time that's cool. So who manages the property like on a daily basis? Like, do you guys take turns? I know there's, there's a bunch of y'all in the group, kind of the Compton Cowboys, but how do y'all manage that? Well, uh, our ranch, ma- Anthony, one of our members um, is the ranch manager. He's actually, <laughs> he's actually on staff with, through the nonprofit to manage the ranch. So he comes Monday through Friday uh he's here about at from sun up to about noon so about 6 a.m to 5 5 6 a.m to noon he's here um monday to friday and then the evening shifts because we know we most there's me my brother keenan stone there's four of us that actually live on the ranch in the houses mm-hmm. and then the ranch manager anthony he don't live here but he comes here monday through friday in the daytime so in the evening shift we have a couple of the other guys our ranch hands who, who do the feeding and gr- groundskeeping and stuff so it's a nice little system we got built that keeps the place nice and it works it works for everybody it works for the horses and works for the group and and it works for the program that's good i know the kids are very helpful when they come out there too yeah they just want to do anything and everything they can do they want to get the most out of their little time the little couple of hours they hear they want to maximize it they be out there cleaning pulling stuff they want to groom wash the horses i'll be like man we can't do everything today we have to do do a couple things today but uh they just mostly get excited about riding obviously but um they just, yeah they just want to get fully immersed when they get here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you have trainers on staff or is it just you guys you know teaching them? Yeah, we don't have, yeah we don't have like certified trainers or anything like that but we we grow we grow our own relationships with the horses so we train them ourselves you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we, we like just Spend, it's really training the horses ain't nothing but spending time with them and being uh, a good a good decent human you know what I mean and, and just interacting with them and first of all just getting them because it's mainly just the trust factor once you establish the trust factor then they pretty much will do what you ask them 
Yeah. So uh, we that's really what it is. Just we spending we spending time with them, feeding them good, giving them time and space to run around and stuff. And so they that helps them feel comfortable with us, and then uh, that allows us to to be able to do it. But for the most part, most of them are all cool. Like we don't have, um, you know, all this, as far as the horses being trained. Now with the with the kids, we just basically training kids like what we learned. You know what I mean? Basic fundamentals. <laughs> How to ride, how to how to balance on the horse, everything. You know what I mean? How to saddle them up, all the horse parts and all the equipment parts and stuff. So, you know, we're doing it. We we pretty much a nice little self-sufficient operation. Uh, we don't have too much outside outsider uh, involvement. You know, what I mean, other than like, you know, people that want to come in and do like paint stuff or you know, like that. But for the most part, we operating on our own. Well, that's good. That's admirable because I know some people, you know, are always kind of trying to bring people in and, you know, just get other people in the mix when it kind of takes away from the program, especially when you have a, a small niche of kids that you were trying to reach, you know? Yeah, that's an important point because at one point, um, my, my, my aunt who was the executive director and founder, she started, you know, her health started declining. So well, she was, was moving to retire a little bit earlier than expected. And as a part of that, we had to bring in somebody else. Uh, to run the program and they were you know obviously they're an outsider so they don't understand what the, pro the the look and the feel and the whole story and the essence of things and that actually started like kind of like um, negatively affecting the program you know what I mean mm -hmm. like the students weren't the same the operations weren't the same the board members were kind of not it was just it was just starting to get weird and that's just because, like you said, somebody bringing somebody from outside and, you know, people have to understand the community that we're serving. They got to understand what these kids might be thinking, what they might be feeling, what these horses might be thinking and feeling um, and what that means for them to be together. So, uh, yeah, we since I've t I took over in 2018, so I'm in my second year now. And uh, since I've been here, it's just we just been totally my whole thing is like being self-sufficient, operating internally, building a system amongst ourselves that helps us like keep everything going smoothly and it's been working pretty good so far. That's cool. Nice. What motivates yeah. Like a black business, you know, it's a, like we a black business, a black, a black startup, basically, you know? Yeah. And in the context, in the context of the, the podcast, you know, young black equestrians, you know, like in that context of that conversation, like it's the, we also, yeah, equestrian, young black equestrians, we also young black entrepreneurs, you know what I mean? <laughs> Same time too. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, why you, yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, you were somebody was starting to. Oh, something. what motivates you to keep going and to just continue doing what you're doing? The kids, um, keeping them, just seeing them change their life, um, being able to, you know, my family is like that. Like my 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 grandma was a cook. She she just she cooked all her life at elementary school. You know what I'm saying? That she could have been doing anything she had a lot of different skills and she was very very smart and could have did anything she wanted but she just wanted to be able to make sure the kids had good food at lunchtime you know what I mean so yeah. uh, in our community where we live at my my aunt that kind of energy spilled over into my dad and, and my auntie of like just just looking out for the young people you know mm -hmm. so uh that and then that energy spilled onto me um so I just love I just love being able to get up and inspire uh, you know the kids and, and the community um, and then uh, there is a little bit of vanity in it just because I love being you know obviously I do entertainment so just for con just for like background like the company we've we've had this ranch like I said 30 years we've been building it like you know it wasn't always what it is now but it's been a thing all this time 
and we always been together and homies and cowboys and all this for a long time. But I actually, um, I'm super passionate about entertainment and like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a musician, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a producer and, and, and film and TV and media and all these things. So once I came into the fold, I, I wanted to, my, my whole, my whole shtick to bring in, like my whole angle of it was like, um, my aunt and my dad wanted me to, you know, run the organization because my aunt was going to retire and I wasn't really particularly like into it per se because I had my own dreams, you know what I'm saying? I have my own aspirations of what I want to do in my career and stuff. Yeah. And uh, this is always my, it's my life, it's my yard, it's my, it's dear to my heart, but it's not something I was trying to do professionally. Right. Um, and then um, they were, they wanted me to do it. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my own way. So when I came into the fold, I was like, I'm about to make this whole situation a whole Hollywood circus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to bring lights, camera, action to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like, put I'm putting everything on pic on camera. I'm I'm we we developing media. We we gonna develop a brand around it. We are gonna do all of that. And so now that's what you see now with Compton Cowboys is like my vision for what the program you know wh- wh- where the program is going. Um, it's just bringing it into this new era of like you know social media and like. You know what I'm saying? All these different things, like being influencers and stuff. So um, that's what you know. That that part is fun too. That's just, that keeps me going too. It's like growing, you know, growing those followers, getting real fans, people buying merchandise, people telling us how much they love what we're doing, and mm-hmm. and like being an inspiration to people worldwide is you know is is is, is great. And it's also fun to be like popping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just being, I'm just being real. You know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it 108. I ain't mad at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so, I see you popping. <laughs> just, I just, I, I got to keep it real at all times. I got to keep it real at all times. That's funny. That is too funny. Well, that was going to be one of my questions because it's kind of like, I mean, I feel like I heard of you guys before, like the whole Old Town Road situation. Um, but it was like, how how is it that they're all of a sudden everywhere, like everywhere, like everybody has heard of the Cotton Cowboys all of a sudden. So I was wondering if somebody sought you guys out or if it was somebody from the inside, like, hey, you know, now we're starting to do this recording and stuff like that. So that's I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, well, you know the whole old town road situation is so crazy, and that's why we down here we really feel like it's our it's really our calling, it's really our purpose. It's like almost like divine intervention, if you call you can call it, you want to call it that, because like we was already doing our thing, mm-hmm. and then um, that kind of thing that thing came out of nowhere, and that just opened up the world's eyes and ears to it. Like even having the conversation of like, damn, black people and cowboys in the same sentence, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that about? So, um, so that even made us like that because you know once once that happens, now people are searching stuff like black cowboys, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and then our stuff is popping up everywhere. So it just kind of created, it kind of sparked, uh, you know, put fuel to the fire and made our flame even bigger. And then uh, we got a lot of interest from a lot of big brands and stuff. Like we got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool campaigns that are already out. We got some coming up. I'm pretty sure all the Adidas stuff we did. Um, we did a camp. We did a campaign with um, Zara. We did Adidas. We did Zara. We did. Uh, we did uh, what's up, some other. We did some. I, oh, area. I didn't you know Adidas. I'm gonna have to go yeah. look. We did Adidas. Yeah, it's on our YouTube. I got an Adidas piece on there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I think it it is on there. Uh, it's on our, it's on our on our website. You can go to the, the hype the hype section. They'll show like the we did the Adidas campaign. We got an Abercrombie and Fitch campaign coming out next month. 
Um, after that, we get a big, nice spread in Playboy magazine. Um, so we got a lot of stuff that's like coming out, but like you know, those all these brands are noticing because the the old time world thing kind of helped it become a pop a pop culture phenomenon mm-hmm. that 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 started a conversation, and then people want to go seek further into it, and they find us, and yep. then now then that's then that's why all this this energy has been kind of swarming around us. Yeah. 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 So how do you see, you know, like from after that whole uh, Old Town Road thing, how do you see the image of the cowboy changing on mainstream media? Yeah, well, you know, they're they're now trying to make, which what we've been doing, but, you know, the cowboy is now becoming a cool aesthetic. You know what I mean? The yee agenda. I just learned about it. Yeah, people are, (laughs) yeah, you know, know, they always got a name for shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, um, the, the yeehaw agenda is a thing now you know the whole cowboy aesthetic the whole vibe as far as the look mm-hmm. the attitude and but you know it makes total sense because americana is the cowboy you know what i mean like western heritage is american history mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's, it's a big part of american history so it makes total sense that you know it will be resurfacing in this way and then obviously in the context of this this um era that in, in that generation that we in now the climate the cultural climate like it makes sense that the cowboy would be a cool thing you know what i'm saying like somebody mm-hmm. would make it cool and it makes sense that it will work because it's totally american and it's totally actually dope as fuck like cowboy hats are a fucking vibe like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like i'm telling you you don't get no, like wearing a cowboy hat you just get so much more like respect and like all these different things when you're wearing it like I'll rock my hat like this, whatever I ride, I'll walk, I'll go around, whatever, okay, that's a certain thing. But if I if I put my hat on, like, people treat me different, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how you doing, <laughs> sir? You know what I'm saying? And all these different things, like, they automatically, it automatically comes with a certain level of, like, sit, being serious and being respectable and all these different things. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's dope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't wear, well... I don't wear my cowboy hat like. Public. I don't wear mine either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we only break it out. We only break it out on special occasions. I, 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 it's funny. I have two hats. I have a black. Uh, uh, we're sponsored by Stetson, so I have a black, um, a black felt Stetson, and I have a white straw, a white straw Stetson, and I wear the white one when I'm having fun and riding and doing stuff, and I wear the black one when I'm doing business, like when I go to yeah. cut business. Meaning, you know what I'm saying? That black hat, that shit make him make, make him take a nigga serious. I'm telling you, like <laughs> I'll be in a meeting with my black hat on, I'll be getting shit done. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, so other than that, I don't really wear them like that. It's like a special piece that you put on when you like trying to make a statement, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or or feel a certain kind of energy. So I'm, other than that, you know, we confident, we confident dudes and, and we have a female member too, but we a confident crew, so we do dress like regular, like you know, casual vibes, you know what I mean? For the most part, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um. So so let's talk about these sponsorships because I feel like you you just gave us a whole laundry list of people that yeah. are uh, supporting you guys. So how did you how did you land these sponsorships? Well, you know what's crazy? They all reach out to us. Like we didn't. You know what I'm saying? We don't really like a lot of our work and every a lot of stuff you see of stuff that we've done is mostly reactive. It's not really proactive. Like we're not out there scouring and like calling everybody like, yo, come to Cowboys, you got to sponsor us. Like these people are calling us. They be emailing us. Hey, we're so-and-so. We want to, we love you guys. We want to do something with you. Like 
every time we did every deal we've done every campaign we've ever done has been all just you know i'm waking up i get an alert i'm looking at my email boom boom oh shit google or oh shit adidas or oh shit you know abercrombie you know what i'm saying zara uh it just comes right to us so uh it's been great just because that and that's the whole point is like building this brand up and putting everything you know that's the power of social media you know what i mean like the, we, we basically have done everything we've done just by having a really strong Instagram page. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the Instagram is so strong, building those followers and then tagging and all this stuff, people sharing it and everything like that. And then that's making all these brands just basically hit us up. Everything we've done is that people have hit us up. It's even even area because area we already had a relationship with them through the nonprofit because my aunt had the relationship up there because um Will Simpson is the two thousand eight Olympic gold medalist in show jumping mm-hmm. and uh in hunter jumper and um he's uh, he's an area athlete. And he's one of our sponsors for our program. Mm-hmm. So with the kids, so we already had a relationship with them through the non on the nonprofit side, like just getting donations and 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 um and you know um apparel and stuff like that. And and uh, once we started building our Compton Cowboys thing up, and we got like kind of popping on the gram, and and they they saw like it's a whole generation of like fly ass Cowboys doing this whole new thing. They wanted to reengage us on the branded side. Like, how do we integrate like? the influencer thing with you guys you know what i'm saying because in our space in the equestrian space there isn't that like there's no big influencers who are equestrians you know what i'm saying like and 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 then if you think about the brands like they don't even do that like it's a bunch of bunch of people that's like cowboys and horse folk they don't really they ain't really all well well versed on this whole like generation you know social media these are all outdoors folks you know what i'm saying so for us it's like to be for us to be able to bring that same kind of energy like you know when say a comedian or a dancer or whatever does a deal with a big major brand like nike or something those equestrian brands like like the boot barns like the Ariads, like the wranglers and all those folks that's they're like you know we are we present opportunity to bridge that gap to be like to bring that kind of energy to their industry and we know that like that's our leverage in deal making you know what i mean and you know we, we go you know we're we're we can bring that energy to you guys to make your company relevant in pop culture. You know what I'm saying? Make your company mm-hmm. pop and like kind of take you out the shadows from this niche equestrian brand to like a dope ass actual brand that can compete in the space in in the, in the general uh, like retail space. Like Area makes incredible products, but nobody knows. Like I would much rather rock Area stuff than I will rock Nike stuff any day. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's just you know as I have the Nike hat on, but um, <laughs> but um. Like, their stuff is super comfortable, very well made. It's a lot more affordable. Like, the runners and stuff they have are a lot more affordable. And um, they just make great products. And to me, it's like, you know, if people knew more about the company, they would, you know, you know, if y'all, if they, these products was in these stores, you know, it's like nobody even knows where, like, area don't have no product presence in, no, in nowhere other than, like, Boot Barn or something. You know what I mean? Right. Or, like, right. you know, so it's like. Uh, who, so who's going to bridge that gap? And for us, it's like, you know, we we present that opportunity. So that's our value. So they got to cut the check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> cut that <laughs> and, check. They got to cut. But also, it's cutting the check. But also, it's it's building a great relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we're doing really good stuff. It ain't no gimmick. What we're doing is real life. We real life authentic horse folks. Like, yeah. we, really, uh, we really love it. It's all about the lifestyle. We love it. And, um, and it's just, it, it works for both parties, you know, so yeah yeah Yeah, and it is a lifestyle some people forget that yeah yeah it ain't just for the cameras it's real life we out here real life when it's raining we out here mucking getting 
puddles out the stalls when like you know horses getting sick. We got to get the vet out. You know what I'm saying? And all kind of stuff. Like it's every day. We you know what I'm saying we ordering hay by the truckload. Like we get the big ass. We have we get a like probably twice a month we get a big flatbed full of hay truck down here from the middle like middle cap the middle of California. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then get them kids the, over to unload it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we got we got these we got the kids like it's all lifestyle. Like that's the main part of it. Like all the media and the fun like cool fun, but this is every day for us. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are any of y'all like athletes? Like you know, actually competing, doing rodeos, anything like that? You guys do yeah, that? Yeah, our fe- yeah. So one of our me- our female member is actually a barrel racer. So she um she's been out of out of off circuit for a while, but she she is a, a new mom. I mean, she had a baby, um, and then you know obviously she had to focus on being a mom, and she was mm-hmm. going through some other some other family stuff and stuff. But um, so she does that, and then one of our uh, members is an actual hunter jumper, and so he's um he's trying to get back into the into the swing of things right now. We're trying to find the right horse and the right system. You know, it takes a lot, like having the right force, the right trainers, the right sponsors mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's coming, it's, it's coming together because now that we not Harriet is sponsoring us, we got that part of it. Uh, we're working on the horse part to getting the right horse part of it uh, and the right uh, trainer that can dedicate that time and um, put together that system to go, go ahead and send him up because he has realistic um, realistic opportunity to get to the Olympics in, uh, yeah. in his life and be the first, like, black, you know, the first African-American Olympian uh, doing hunter jumper, you know what I'm saying? So, oh. uh, and actually winning, you know. So it, it, it's realistic because the, our the gold medalist is one of our sponsors that is actually is one of his coaches. You know? mm-hmm. So it can actually happen. We can, you know, we can actually make history in that space. We are gonna make history in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just we just working on we just building it all up. Right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. It's, it's all good. What discipline do you ride? You didn't. I'm, 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 I ride Western. I'm a, uh, I ride for, I'm, I'm more like casual, like leisure. I just be riding. I like, I have a tendency walker. So hey. I just ride when I'm, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just cruising in my, I be cruising on my Cadillac. You feel me? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You tell them. Okay. King walker. Down, yeah. I just cruising down the block, you know, uh, and my, my horse, he, uh, He's we got plenty of plenty of energy side. He can roll. He can go all day. So I just be cruising. Yeah, I just be cruising. I feel you. I, that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, you have a walker? I do. I do. I have two. I have an old one and a and the one that I ride now. So. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of them down here. We got a. We got. Stone, I have one. Our other member Stone Main has one, and then. Uh, uh, a ranch manager and dog has one that he's that's a baby that's actually growing up. She's a she's like a blue roan, Tennessee Walker. Uh, she's gonna be real big, but she's a real walker. So uh, we're excited about her growing up and stuff. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. If I didn't take anything from this conversation, it is that you have a walker. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know it. That's the vibe. Gotta pull up smooth. Yes, yes. So what advice would you give somebody who wanted to, you know, kind of be in the position that you are now? Like, whether it's starting a nonprofit or, you know, just kind of getting yourself on the map? Yeah, I mean, you gotta, well, one, the main thing is just like the authentic part of it, right? Like, 
if you, you know, everybody, you don't have, I, I was thinking about this idea that, that thought um, recently is like, you know, a lot of people sit around and try to focus like, how do I, how am I going to make it? How do I make something, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, don't, it, it doesn't have to be this grand scheme that you like have to like orchestrate and put together and like hope, you know, sprinkle some salt on it and it becomes this big thing. Like you have to start with what you actually have. What do you actually have that you can turn into something? If whether you know, for us, it happened to be we had horses in the yard, we had horses in the back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, you know, for me coming back here after school, after grad school, seeing the whole thing, I was just looking at it like, man, I don't have to go out and try to like to come up with this whole elaborate scheme to make it like to make a fortune or to make like a name for myself or to do great community work. It's like we use what we have. We have these horses. So let's just do that. You know what I mean? So for uh, what I tell other people is whatever you, whatever you love and you're passionate about and you can do, and, you know, you can see yourself doing and you feel so good doing, that's where it starts. And then once you have that, in, that's inside. And then when you look outside and go, okay, so now what do I have around me that I, that can help facilitate all of this into one nicely well-oiled machine that can start creating momentum because What's going to drive it all is that it's actually real and actually ongoing for you. Because what happens is, like, if you're just trying to come up with some elaborate scheme, then you always have to plan and plot out and, like, almost, like, fabricate or exaggerate or dramatize things yeah. because you're like, damn, I need to sit yes. down and do this or I need to figure out how to make this look like this. But if you actually live in the shit every day, all you got to do is get the cameras out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then, so, so for us, it's like, we live this every day so what are we doing is basically talking about it and putting the cameras on it and then telling the world about it and that's what's driving it so that mm -hmm. would be my advice is to be super true to what you love what you feel what you love to do what you're passionate about and then true to what you actually have around you putting those two things together will create something really nice that was well said. <laughs> I know, I know. Everyone else I mean usually when we ask that question they're like oh never give up yeah. And it's like, that's, yeah. that's a great answer, but still, you know, being authentic and being mm -hmm. that's real true. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to like make stuff up, you know, cause that's when things go by the wayside and then you're like, okay, that yeah, it has no, you can't sustain that. You just can't exactly. sustain, you can't sustain making up stuff all the time. Cause you're going to either run out of money or ideas or, you know, whatever, or help. But if you're really living this every day, you'll, like, we, well, that's why we always have content. Because it's like we don't have to force it. Right. Like the homie, the homie would actually be out here doing whatever on the horse and saddling up, or the kids be right here. I just take my phone out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Take a picture or put it, take a story, and then it's like, it's, but it's real. It's ongoing. So your content is now endless, and then your conversations are endless, and everything is endless because it's actually ongoing, whether or not you got, whether or not you know people are caring about it or not, or it's on camera or not. It's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's so funny when y'all go live and it's like, <laughs> ran not random people, but it's a different person every time. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> wait, who who is this? <laughs> yeah, it's well, you know, it's nine, it's nine of us. So, yeah. uh, it's uh, it's eight eight guys, one one girl, and um, but we're all it's crazy. We're all men and women now. I just turned thirty yesterday, so I'm like, it's crazy. Well, happy uh, birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, eight men, one woman, and it's nine of us total. So we're all we're, we all are logged into the page at all pretty much all times. Mm -hmm. um, I do all of the content curation on the main feed, so all of the pictures, captions, stuff that goes on the main feed is my like curation. 
um, because that's what I study. That's what I have an eye for. That's my passion. Like, this is my project from an entertainment perspective is like doing the branded part of it. And so um, I curate all that stuff but on the story and like as far as responding to messages and doing and comments and stuff like we're all on there. And we're all jumping around on there um, yeah. from, from the page. So it's fun. That's cool. That's cool. Caitlin, you got any more questions for him? I do. What challenges have y'all faced as a group before, you know, everything blew up and after everything blew up? Before everything was it's fine it was just finances. Um like having enough help to keep it all going. Um and just having the you know, fight just just resources. That could be money, it could be hands on deck, it could be, you know, uh uh equipment, it could be anything, just having enough of resources to to keep everything afloat because you know, when my aunt was about to retire before we was about to get popping. Like, you know, it was kind of starting to, like we were have, actually having real conversations in the board meetings about shutting down because we didn't have, we didn't have anybody that could, that was gonna, we, they hired somebody to step in, like I said earlier, that that basically didn't work. And, and then the, my aunt kind of just accepted it. Like, you know, if I'm going to retire, I don't, I can't just bring somebody in from the outside to do it. So I'm just gonna close it because I don't want the baby to be able to just turn into some whole other shit. You know, you look up 10 years later and, you know, it's all rich kids back here, everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all, all, all outsiders, people not from the community, running the program and in the program, and not, that's not what the, that's not the whole point of the program. The program is to serve at-risk and underserved kids in the community that need it and tell those stories. So, um, you know, she was like, "And I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just take it. And we're just gonna close it down." That, and we didn't have enough resources and just help and stuff. So, at the same time of her kind of slowing down, we were starting to heat up. And then I was like, "Okay, well, we'll step in and take everything over as far as." All of that, so that you know, the Compton Cowboys, we it bring, we bring, you know, we bring our group. That's that's more hands on deck, and we bring more, um, we bring more, uh, you know, through storytelling and doing media and all these things. We bring in awareness, that which brings in funding, which brings in, you know, uh, growth. You know what I'm saying? So before we blow up, it was really just having the resources. Uh, after we've been getting hot, the main challenge has, has been just kind of keeping everything concise, staying on, staying on message, staying on branding, staying, staying, uh, staying true to what we did when, what, to staying true to the whole purpose of it all and not losing focus, uh, not getting lost in the lights, camera action, cool shit. It's mm -hmm. like making sure we still didn't, we still working with these, doing stuff with these kids, making sure we still take care of these horses, making sure we still staying, um, who we were before all of this and it's been cool like i said because this is already our lifestyle so the only thing that's really changed is the 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 the, the attention um and and, and and obviously we've been able to raise more money and being able to have more opportunities to be able to pay ourselves and uh raise money for our program uh you know and, and which it, which is um sometimes can change things because you know money changes shit you know what i'm saying so but um, the reason why we've been able to stay pretty, stay good is because we already was homies and brothers and, you know, like family before all of this shit. And we always talked about all of this, like, how can we all, how can we figure out how to do something together and make a name for ourselves? So nothing haven't really changed, you know, to this point. Like, we just like doing it at a higher level now with more help. So mm -hmm. the main thing is like, the, and all the attention. So the main thing is just like staying focused, not getting this distracted. You know, now, you know, we getting popular. And now you got things like, you know, girls or whatever want to shoot they shot and this and that, and then you you, you fuck around and get in trouble messing with the wrong one or something stupid, 
So just making sure everybody's focusing on that, like stuff like, okay, or not getting too like, oh man, you know, you're starting to get too much into it for the money. Like you ain't mm-hmm. using focus on what's the point of it. So stuff right. like that. Um, and yeah, but it's been good. We haven't really had no, we haven't really had to hit no big major hurdles or roadblocks. Everything just been up and up. Uh, and I think it's because we're doing something righteous. You know what I mean? We're doing something good. Um, we stand true to the community and the kids and these families. And I think that's what's keeping protect. That's protecting us uh, in all this chaos. You know? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Definitely. For sure. For sure. All righty. Well, thank you so much for taking yeah. time out of your day to chat with us. This we'll have great. this on YouTube, and I'm gonna need it to be under the hype section. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. Send me everything. Okay. okay. Uh, we- we gonna get a. We got a whole team that does all of our uh, all of our online and stuff, and you know we we curate and stuff. So we always look for new content to put up and, and shit. You know what I mean? So us vibes. It's all good. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for uh, having me on. And I would love to have y'all come down if y'all ever in LA. I don't know where y'all based. Oh, we are coming one day. <laughs> yeah, we are yeah, we are, at, we are in North Carolina and Virginia, like okay. literally across the country. So we'll make it there. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm actually supposed to be coming to South Carolina in the front, at the top of February for I'm speaking at Furman University about uh just you know during Black History Month talking about this whole thing. So I'm gonna be on that coast for a minute um, for the first time. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, we gotta get y'all to the West Coast or something. Yeah, I know. Literally, all the other people we talk to, or most of them are either in the Midwest or on the West Coast, and we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, only see you on video. But. Yeah, but you know, one, you know, uh, you know, we plan on doing stuff like because of what we're doing is so, um, you know, obviously, like you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of African Americans and folk doing um, the cowboy thing. Like you know, originally we was the, well, some of the original ones anyway, but it kind of got lost. But you know, what we're trying to do is resurface it and bring us all back together. So at some point, when we get enough resources, we're gonna be having big like national ca- like conferences and campaigns and stuff like that mm-hmm. and. Y'all definitely will be on those lists to be, you know, invited and, and flown out or whatever, you know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's how I like that. It's be great. We got to stick together in this shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm going to holler at y'all. I'm about to run. All, All right. right. Have a good one. <laughs> yep. Have a good one. Yep. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Be sure to rate and review on all podcast outlets and head over to YouTube and enjoy our visual content new for season three. See you next week.